Yahweh, Abba, that you bless the sharing of this word, the reading of your word, your truth, for the light, for your glory, the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Father. Thank you for my brothers and sisters, their uprightness, Father. I pray for them, for these dark times that are coming. It is for your sake that we share this time and this word, Father God. Thank you. Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Parakritos Aman. Brothers and sisters, how are you? I'm going to share with you from Matthew. And I'm going to share with you from Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, as they call it, and the Beatitudes that he shared with the people. On chapter 5, when Jesus was finished with his healing because of his fame and the things that were rumored abroad about him, spoken of about him, and just so many people came to him. And in Matthew 4, 25, I'm going to start there. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, from Decapolis, from Jerusalem, from Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Chapter 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Brothers and sisters, listen to these words that Jesus had spoken when he was talking to the multitude. Everything that he speaks of are his character. This is the character that he wants us to have in us, which God wants us to have in us, which we're called to do and share. The salt of the earth, if we've lost our flavor, we can't do what we're called to do, then what good are we possibly to anyone? We decide to, uh, we've backslidden and gone away and turned and, and gone our own way. Because just for whatever whatever reason, doesn't matter the reason. But what we have to remember too, though, is that that doesn't matter to God if we come back and say, Father, forgive me. I didn't know what I was doing. Remember the parable of the prodigal son. Jesus Christ wasn't talking about some wealthy man's child. He's talking about the sinners. He's talking about those that have turned and walked away and have come back. You have to realize that in heaven, when that happens, the angels rejoice and are happy because we've come back. We said, hey, made a mistake. I need to stay with you. Things are not going to be easy, brothers and sisters. But we have to remember, as he says in verse 14 in chapter 5, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but up on a candlestick, so that it gives light to that are all in the house. The house being the world, the, the, the house being our surrounding, where we walk, what we are. 
what good is the light if we're not going to use it? It's the same thing as I shared before with you, the comforter. What good is a comforter to be placed on the back of the sofa to look at? It might be pretty, but a comforter is meant to keep the chill off, to cover. Jesus Christ, when he left this world, he promised that the comforter would come. But here's the thing. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, they are three in one. When we pray to one, we're praying to the other. God hears everything we talk about, and we can talk to the Holy Spirit for guidance. Jesus Christ promised that it would come because he wasn't going to be with us anymore. He promised that he would go to the Father to send the Spirit, and he did, and he does, and we can pray through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our guide through things. And verse 16 of chapter 5 in Matthew, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Speaking of the prophets, they prophesied that he would come. And part of the thing that happened with Jesus and part of the revolt they had against him was because they had prayed for the Messiah. And they believed when it said that he would come and his kingdom, they were looking for this king to come in, <coughs> pardon me, this king to come in riding a steed with his soldiers and his army following and they were going to run off the Romans and everybody was going to be free. So you had those folks that were all up in arms and attitude, Pharisees, Sadducees, Sanhedrin, and they reviled him actually. <laughs> and these were learned men of the scripture. Brothers and sisters, it is the same today. It is the same thing today. And this, this is a thing that, that uh, I am so confounded by, is that you have those that said that the Bible is not relevant. Well, again, they that have ears, let them hear. They that have eyes, let them see. Open the Bible, the word of God, the truth. Read and hear as he speaks. Lean into the spirit of God. The Bible is as relevant today as it was then. There's nothing different going on today than what happened in those times. They had what they call the red quarter or certain areas in, in scripture that talks in that certain part of the city. They had bars, pubs, nightclubs today, red light district, red quarter, that place in certain cities. And that's going on today. When Jesus spoke on the parable of the Good Samaritan, the road between Judea, Jerusalem, and Jericho was a hard road because there were thieves and murderers that would lie and wait and wait and wait, and they would pick their target. And the man that left to go down the road was beset by thieves that beat and robbed him and left him for dead. <clears throat> and then you have the elders of the church that come. You had a Pharisee that came, and oh, he couldn't go possibly check on this man and, and touch him because then he would be made filthy. And then you had the Levite, which would be, in today's terms, I guess, would be a deacon of the church. And the Levite, the deacon, he came by and he walked around. He went clear on the other side of the road. And then you had the good Samaritan. The Samaritan who the Jews and the Samaritans had, they reviled each other. They hated each other. They despised each other. And the reason for, because when Assyria came in and they came into Israel, they brought false gods, false teaching, and, and there were many uh, 
members of the Israeli nation that went and fell into temptation. They married, they intermarried with them, and, and then they started taking on their religious beliefs and worshiping idols and false gods. And, you know, then, of course, you had those high and mighty within their own minds that they talked this whole thing through the nation, and then the Jews started to hate the Samaritans. And some were not even alive at that time, but yet they hated them. Is that not what's going on in this country now? People speak of these things, and they were not even alive or around. And we're not talking simply a couple of years. We're talking about decades and generations. We're not even around when it happened. But yet, because the multitude speaks of derision and hatred, they take up the cry and they go into the fray. They hate people because of their skin tone. And it goes on both directions. It doesn't matter what it is. I have seen Asians that are absolutely despicable in their attitude toward others. I have seen blacks that do the same thing. I've seen whites that do the same thing. It doesn't matter what the color of the skin is, brothers and sisters. God made us all different that way. And he also made us with a free will in our heart. But we need to choose the character that we want to be. Do we want the character as Jesus spoke of in the Sermon on the Mount? Do we want that to be us, to be blessed by our Heavenly Father in what we do and say. All these things that he talked about in the Sermon on the Mount, this is talking about the compassion that we must show in our character of Jesus Christ living in our hearts and our faith in God, our belief in him. We are the light of the world. And if we hide it under that bushel, we don't let that light out and we don't share that with other people. They can't see Jesus in us. They don't know that he is in us because we're not sharing it. We're not showing it. We don't share that. We don't believe that it's true, possibly. And there are those that think that it's a good, just a good book. Well, you know, there's things that we are asked to do. And we have to understand that we are not going to be liked very well because we share these things. And there are going to be people that absolutely hate what we're doing. And that's because the spirit of the enemy is in them. As it happened then, it happens now. Judas was taken by the spirit of Satan, the spirit of the devil that wanted to destroy. And he was taken by the spirit, so he betrayed Jesus Christ. And he betrayed him to those that wanted to crucify him. And we have to remember, brothers and sisters, that we are in that same place today. We are called to share the gospel, and we must do so. And we have to remember that this is for his namesake and his glory that we do this thing and that our reward is going to be much greater in heaven than it is here on earth. There are so many that get caught up and it's what they see. And, and sadly, I've heard people talk about things and even within the brethren and the body of the church that they talk about, oh, this is my home. I'm not going to give this up for anything. But it tells us in the word that if we're on the rooftop and we hear the trumpet call. Don't go back in the house to grab a belongings or just go. 
Just go. If you're in the field, go. Just go. We have to be willing in our hearts that no matter what, that the what matters most is the salvation and Jesus Christ, God the Father. Do you not think that our good Father loves us so much that, that we have to just go and headlong into that goodness and that he's not going to take care of everything else? Brothers and sisters, we don't, what do we need? What do we really need? We confuse wanting with needing. Oh, I need to have that. No, you want to have that. But God provides everything that we need. I'm going to share this with you. Here I go getting anecdotal again. Brothers and sisters, I went shopping for the first time in about two months the other day. Actually, I look back on it now and I think I overspent and I started going through there and things that I didn't have and that I would like to enjoy. And, and But during that whole time, it was like things were multiplied in the house. I didn't really need anything. And when I got through and grocery shopping and all that, there were things in there that I wanted to have. I didn't need to have them. I really didn't need them. It was a want. And brothers and sisters, we have to be that way through life. Are these really needs or wants? Our good father knows what we need and we must be willing to just open our hands and be blessed. I've shared this with you before in another one of my uh, podcasts. Do so with me again right now. If you take your hand and ball it up in a fist and take a look at each end of that, how much room do you have in there? I mean, look, try to look inside your hand. There's not much room, okay? But now open your hand flat and hold it out. Hold it up. How much room is there? And how are you going to carry the blessings or hold the blessings that God our Father wants to pour out on us if you're too busy holding your hands clenched in a fist and holding tightly onto those things that you want to have and keep instead of open your hand and receiving what God knows you need? It's rather difficult to do. You have no way to do so. And then you keep looking back and forth. That, do I open this hand or that hand? Or do I keep them both held tightly closed? You're not going to be able to carry anything. You're going to drop things. God wants to bless us. He does want to bless us. He's our good father. He doesn't want us just to wander around aimlessly. He wants us to be blessed. And in blessing others, we receive a blessing. I've shared with you before the prayer of Jabez. It was a sorrowful time for his mother to give birth to him. And sorrowful only because it was painful. The old world language. It was sorrowful for his birth because it was painful. He wasn't a small child. And Shabez prayed to God, and God sees his heart. God knew his heart was good, and he was a righteous man. And he prayed that this would not happen and to let God expand his coast, which means his property and ownings and having, and to that no evil would come <clears throat> into his life. God honored his prayer. Why? Because he had a righteous heart. And Javez shared with others. He didn't just keep it to himself. He shared with others. Just like we've been blessed by Jesus Christ and his sacrifice when he came to this world. For God so loved the world. And there's that little two-letter word again. So loved the world. How much? So much. It's so deep. It's so tall. It's so windy. He's so loving that Jesus Christ took off his crown, stepped off the throne and said, I will go. No greater gift, no greater gift. 
Brothers and sisters, it is amazing thing <clears throat> that this happened for us, for our sakes. And I'm going to share another thing about blessings. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now, there's an incident that happened in the book of Luke. Luke was a very detail-oriented. Remember, I shared with you before that Luke was a physician. <clears throat> Matthew, some of the reading when you go through the Gospels and the books that the apostles were writing, and they're sharing, it's, they're all different perspectives of same instances. But you have Matthew, who was very detail-oriented. He was a bookkeeper for the Romans, Folks didn't like Matthew much. <clears throat> you have to understand that Matthew probably went through a lot of travail when he was walking with the disciples. You have to understand these things, that when Jesus left and went off to prayer, he was doing what Jesus was doing. And the disciples were left alone sometimes. And you see in the scripture that they argued among themselves who was greater, who was in charge, who had the authority. And... Some of that is shared in the, in the Bible. Matthew must have had a very difficult time because he was a publican. He had money. Don't you think that the other disciples that were craftsmen, workers, fishermen, that had to pay taxes, and because of the area that they lived in, Matthew was in their sector, or he was in charge of collecting the taxes from them. The Jews didn't like the publicans or the tax collectors because they worked for the Romans and the Romans had them under their authority. And a lot of them didn't like him, but Jesus saw the heart. As when Jesus, when Nathaniel came to uh, Jesus, he was a friend of Philip's. Philip walked with John the Baptist. Philip was present when Jesus was baptized. And his friend Nathaniel, he brought him to Jesus. Nathaniel went through trials and things that were going on, but Jesus saw him in his lowest moment when Nathaniel was by himself, Jesus saw him. Jesus sees all of us. He sees what's in the heart. He doesn't see what the physicality. We have to be able to go and look beyond that physicality, brothers and sisters. And the Holy Spirit will guide us through this. The Holy Spirit will guide us and be able to give us discernment in things. We can know a person. We can know a person's heart. We don't know the depths because that is Jesus Christ. But we can have discernment over a person if they bring goodness or, you know, they're being kind of uh, attitudinal. But we can have the Holy Spirit to give us discernment in our interaction with them. That is real and it is possible to do if you ask for it, believe it, and have faith. So I'm gonna share this other portion with you. <clears throat> so <laughs> this is another, I, I just love the interaction with the Pharisees. I, I just, their, their arrogance and their haughtiness, which also goes on today, incidentally. And one of the Pharisees desired, oh, I'm sorry, this is in Luke chapter 7, uh, 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him <clears throat> that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus was at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Brothers and sisters, if you have never heard the song, Alabaster Box, if you have any compassion in your heart, if you have the feeling that Jesus Christ and Jesus is living in your heart, the hearing that song will bring tears to your eyes. There's a, a woman singer that I, that I heard her sing this song. And oh, the tears flowed. I cannot tell you, brothers and sisters, the tears flowed thinking about this woman who came to Jesus Christ with the only thing that she had other than what was in her heart. But she brought this that was so important to her 
but the import of Jesus Christ was more so, and she brought this box. And in verse 38, continuing, and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped them with the hairs of her head, kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him to come saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus Christ, knowing his heart, heard what he was thinking. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say to thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, and one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Now tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. So, of course, it's going to be difficult for the Pharisee to understand because when Jesus spoke in parabolic speech, they didn't get it. Why? Because they were caught up in their arrogance. Now, you see this illustration here, this verbal illustration. The Pharisee, he wouldn't have invited her. They're too caught up in their own world. They wouldn't touch her because of being defiled by sin. And Jesus Christ let her wash his feet with her weeping and tears. She cleansed his feet. Then she anointed them with that oil that was so special to her that she kept in an alabaster box. But that didn't matter to her. What mattered was that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was there and he deserved in her heart and her mindset this attention. Again, Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And then he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gave me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head... With oil thou did not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, who is this that forgiveth sin also? And he said to the woman, thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. The Pharisees didn't want to touch anyone because they were afraid of being, that the sin would jump on them. Jesus Christ came not for the healthy, those who didn't have, those that have not. He didn't come for those that had good health and those that were for righteousness, and they stood tall in that. He came for those that were lost and, and had not. They were somewhat lost. They didn't know which direction to go. And this woman came, and though she had very little to offer, she gave so much. And here this Pharisee, and the Pharisees were actually wealthy. I mean, they lived well. They dressed in long robes and trappings, they had nice houses. How they got this? It's the money changers that Jesus cast out of the temple, taking their portion 
and collecting and paying themselves. That's the only thing that I can reason. It doesn't say yet how in here, but the Pharisees always made a production of this. And here this Pharisee invited, invited the Messiah, Lord Jesus Christ, into his house to have dinner with him and didn't even offer to wash his feet, which in, in those days was customary, like we have the doormat at the front door to wipe your feet before you go in somebody's house. And some people whose homes I've gone to, their custom is to remove your shoes and leave them by the front door. I honor that. I take my shoes off. But here this Pharisee invited Jesus Christ in, but didn't give anything at all in return. Didn't wash his feet. Didn't offer any anointment. Didn't offer him anything to drink. Nothing. And this woman came having so little, but yet gave so much. And this is in the story that Jesus talks about the woman going to the temple. The Pharisee in his long robes made a big deal and in his long trappings, and he went off to the coin box and made sure, you know, they had a separate coin box. I've shared that with you before. It had a, a funnel-like trumpet on it. So when they threw their money in there, that made a loud noise and everybody knew they were given a bunch because you could hear the coins fall. And this woman slowly, quietly, privately went to the box and cast in everything she had, everything that she had for that time. But it was important for her to give back to God because in her heart, everything she had came from God. This is what we have to understand today, brothers and sisters. Everything that we have comes from God anyway. So why is it so difficult for people to tithe or offer or, or give to other people and blessing and, and accept the blessing that they get from God in return? Because let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the blessings that come and it just fills my heart so much when I'm able to do something. God brings these people in and around me and because of my employment, it's very difficult for me to go and look for them. But they somehow, they come to me. They gravitate to me. I think that is a huge blessing. And I wear a cross with a flag on it, indicating one nation under God. And God first for me, that's what it is in my heart. And that's what I believe, you know, as a veteran, a patriot and... And in America, and that's what I believe, we can be one nation under God again. The churches need to repent and pray to God. The nation needs to repent and pray to God. The nation that repents and cries out to God, he will hear their cries and heal their nation. He will heal their land. But here's the import is that there are churches that are so caught up in their own world and their own reality that they haven't done so. And these are leaders of the body of Christ and they are so caught up. Don't be like the Pharisees. We have to be as God called us to be. We have to show the light to the world. We have to share the light, not to hide it under a bushel. And here, since I'm speaking of that, let me ask this. <clears throat> How are you going to share the light of the world if you only go to church uh, once a month, only on Sunday, and you don't bring anything out of the church to the rest of the world, you don't share it with anybody else, and you just go. That's a cultural Christian. Christianity is not going to soak into you because you go to church once a month, or you carry a Bible, and you walk by. When you're walking the dogs, you walk by a church, and all of a sudden, miraculously, the Christianity jumps onto you. It doesn't work that way, brothers and sisters. You have to repent. You have to accept that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, and declare that, confess that, and then confess your faith and your faith in God. And through the Word of God, your faith will be increased. And through the things that happen, your faith will increase. And brothers and sisters, it, it's that's all God asks us is to be faithful. And he just wants us to share that with the world, brothers and sisters. He just wants us to share that with the world. That's all he wants. And that's all he's asked. 
to believe in Jesus Christ and have faith. That's all. And in Luke 17, Jesus Christ is sharing and we have to understand that this is happening in the world today. As I said, this, this book that I study and I read from is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For the Word was with God, and God was always, and from the beginning, the Word was with God. The Word is truth. And this Word, God, is the author and finisher. The men and women that penned this book had the words breathed into them and inspired by the breath of God. This book is as relevant today as it was when it was written. It's as relevant today as it was in the beginning. The only thing that is different with us today is the era that we live in. Nothing has changed only in our mindset it's changed. Oh, we have technology, we have this, we have that. <clears throat> and I'm using a combination of both, brothers and sisters. I'm using <clears throat> my cellular telephone, pardon me, <clears throat> that I share with you on to be able to reach out to you. But I've got my Bible open up. I love these pages. I love these pages. So Jesus Christ was in the temple here and he went into, had been teaching, and then he went into this village. And this was, uh, he was passing through the middle of Samaria and Galilee, which were <laughs> as interesting as they say is Samaria. Jesus seemed to spend quite a bit of time there. Why? Because they were accepting of him even more so than his own people, the Jewish people. They seemed to turned her back an awful lot. So when Jesus Christ was coming in, he went into a village. There were there was a group of 10 lepers. And he healed them. He healed them. He had mercy on them and he healed them. And then he sent them on their way. He sent them to the, the priests. And only one came back, threw himself down at Jesus' feet. Worshiping him and thanking him. It was the Samaritan. The only one of the ten that came back. And Jesus said to him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, <laughs> the Pharisees were demanding to hear when God, when he was speaking to the kingdom of God and when it should come and, and he answered him, he said, the kingdom of God doesn't come from observation. See, this is the problem that they were caught up in. They knew the scriptures. They knew the prophecies or claimed to, but yet they were so bound up with the words. They were looking for a king to come on horseback and drive out the Roman occupation. That's what they were looking for by observation. The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God is with us all the time. Why? Because Jesus is supposed to be living in our hearts. And this is promise that is with us all the time. And he said unto the disciples, the days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. Why? Because you've turned your back. It's not for the observation if you're not looking in the direction for it to be. And they shall say to you, see here, see there, go not after them, nor follow them, because you're going to have the deceivers. You're not going to know when it's happening for such is a lightning that lighteth out of the one part under heaven, which shineth into the other part of under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in this day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of his generation. And then he goes on to talk about it being as it was in the days of Noah, shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. So before Jesus Christ comes back, all these things that are going on around us now, 
are the reality that he spoke of. And you're going to have those that are talking about, oh, Jesus is in our church. Guy, he comes with us and he stays with us. He stays at our church. Don't be deceived. And there are those, brothers and sisters, let me tell you, that are out there that are very good with their tongue. They are very good. They're charismatic people. Let me share this with you. Let's talk about Adolf Hitler for just a moment. Adolf Hitler was very charismatic. He was very good at speech. He was very good at controlling people with his words, convincing people with his words. Be aware that there are those that are standing behind the pulpit today that declare to be that thing that God sent them to be, but they're not. They're only for their own purpose, their own devices. And they will deceive many because they are very charismatic. They are very adept at speech. Do not be deceived, for it's for their own vain glory that they even have a church. And they have convinced people to come and pour money into their coffers so that they can be in their trappings and their suits and their cars and their houses. And it has nothing to do with the word of God at all, which they use. And many times it's out of context so that they can convince. There are those people that do that. I've shared with you before some of the televangelists that I've seen on these suits that are a couple thousand dollars just for a suit of clothes and the jewelry, the finery that they have to flash around. That's their desire for people to look at them, to rever them. Oh, God must truly bless them because he's speaking the word of God. No, no. Yes, God wants us to be a thriving people and he desires goodness for us, but we have to be righteous in our heart. And when you take scripture out of context, and then you can use one verse out of the Bible, but if it's used contextually with other verses and other parts of the Bible and scripture to make it a whole, to make it a truth, to make it the truth, not a truth, the truth, which is the word of God is the truth, And don't make it a truth, which would be a truth for your purposes, but it's not used in context. And there are many that do that, and they are very adept at that. But don't be fooled. Jesus Christ taught not to be deceived. And he also spoke of being wary of the leaven of the Pharisees because they intermingle that with a word so that it raises them up as bread would rise And there are those in the churches, some churches today that do that very same thing. Be wary of their leaven. Do not be deceived. Do not follow them when they say, go here, go there, because when you do, you're going to meet Jesus. Don't be deceived. And there are even some churches today, brothers and sisters, where they do not allow outward prayer to the Holy Spirit or to God and that they don't allow that within the church. If you're going to do it, you got to do it at home on your own, that only their prophets can pray over you or for you and only their prophets will have the word from God and only they will be able to tell you what God told you. It doesn't work that way. I'm going to tell you right now. It doesn't work that way. Why do I say that? Because the word of God says so. The Bible says so. The truth, the book of truth says so. That we can come to God our Father because Jesus Christ came for us. We can pray to the Holy Spirit. In the book of Philippians, Paul writes to the church in Philippi. 
that we can have that. We can ask for the discernment of the Holy Spirit. And I've shared with you before, brothers and sisters, before you cross a threshold in a new church building that you want to see about attending, try the Spirit before you go. Because the Holy Spirit, if you are not meant to be at that church, the Holy Spirit will take you away. We are allowed to talk to God ourselves. We are allowed to pray the Holy Spirit ourselves. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we can do those things. I pray that before we start our little uh, session here. I do that. Yahweh, amen. God, you are praiseworthy. Yeshua, aman. Jesus, you are praiseworthy. Paraklitos. Aman, you are praiseworthy. They are praiseworthy. Three in one. We have the ability to pray to them ourselves. So don't be deceived. Be wary of those that come and tell you that you don't have that ability. Jesus Christ gave us that authority. He gave us that authority. And that is exactly what we are to do. Pray to God. And if we are confused and we don't know what to say or how to pray certain things, the Holy Spirit was sent to guide us. Jesus Christ said that the, the Spirit will come to guide us, to teach us, and will show us how to pray. If we don't know what to say to God, to sit and be still and allow the Holy Spirit to guide, allow it to happen. And this is the thing, brothers and sisters, I'm going to expound on that just a little bit, and then I'm going to, I'm going to close down. Here I go getting verbose again. I don't know where they get this idea from. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to guide, and you lean in and listen, God will speak. The Holy Spirit will speak and guide. Jesus Christ talks to us. Jesus is with us in, in all manner of things. And he is in heaven. And he is in intercessory prayer for us all the time. The Bible tells me so. Lean in and listen, brothers and sisters. Lean in and listen. They are all praiseworthy because they are with us always. God is with us whether, wherever we go. All these things that are going on around us in the world today, we don't have to fear. God is with us wherever we go. And God has called us. We are chosen to be the light of the world. And that's the only thing God would like for us to do is to believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and have faith in him and share his word with others so that they have the opportunity. Before Jesus Christ returns again, I want to reach out and try to touch as many as I can. I want to do what he's asked me to do. I want to, my faith to increase, and my faith increases exponentially the more I stay in this word, the more I share with you, brothers and sisters. I am blessed so thoroughly by being able to do this. I cannot express to you this thing, and as you see... I call it Raven's Nest, anchored in the word. Of course, my name is Raven Whitehawk, so yeah, I'm kind of fiddling around with that a little bit. But anchored in the word is where I am and where I want to be and where I desire to be all the time. I want to be in the cleft of that rock, that rock being Jesus Christ. I want to be under the shadow of the wings of my Lord God Almighty. And that is the reality of my life. And I am blessed so much by that thing. And in searching this, I shared before that in searching for a way to be able to do this, as I was suggested that I, I do. And when I was first researching, things were going to cost so much that I absolutely didn't have. And I asked, I asked God, I prayed to God, I laid it at his feet, I said, Father, if this is something that you condone and you would allow me to do so, and it's a good way for me to share your word for your glory, not for myself, then it will happen. And a little while later that evening, I was back in researching again which way to go. And here 
in that same area where I had just been looking, here is this platform called Anchor. Interesting. Yes, to me it is. It's called Anchor. Free. Everything's free. Didn't cost me anything to do this. I can do it at home. I don't need all the special equipment that everybody else that was offering a podcast, they wanted to make money off of me to be able to do. And this is free. And they offer five different platform outlets through Anchor. And in from the start of this, there are five more that want my podcast shared on their platform and they put it out there. I put the links out there. I've shared those before. I can do so again. But you can listen to me on on uh, on Spotify, Anchor. I share in Facebook. There's ways that I can share and put this out. But there are many other platforms. God did this for me. God blessed me so that I can bless others. And I have to remind you, brothers and sisters, as I told them I would, if he blesses me so that I can bless others, I will let them know where it comes from. It comes from God, my Father, our Father, our good Father, Yahweh, Abba, El Shaddai, Adonai, Jehovah Jireh, Shalom. All these names are God's character. He's blessed me to bless you. I am a conduit, only a conduit. This is not about Raven Whitehawk. This is not about me. This is about God, my Father, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to preach and teach the gospel of God, his Father, the Son of God, the Messiah that the nation that rejected him and ultimately crucified him, they prayed for him to come. The world was so dark and it was so full of despair. God said, I love them so much. I don't want to destroy them again. I don't want to destroy this world. I don't want to do that. I love them so much. But they kept rebelling against God. They kept turning their back. They kept destroying everything around that God gave. Brothers and sisters, we do that now. He doesn't want us to be destroyed. He sent Jesus Christ, asked. Jesus volunteered, so he sent them. Miraculously sent him to Mary. Mary and Joseph by the Holy Spirit. And this young woman birthed the Son of God, the Messiah. And then he was rejected by the very ones that prayed for him to come. Do we not do that, brothers and sisters? We are all part and parcel of that crucifixion. We may have as well have been helping the Roman pound the spikes into his hands and feet, pushing down the crown of thorns onto his head. We are the reason he came to do that, brothers and sisters. So we are part and parcel of his crucifixion. But brothers and sisters, he laid down his life for us, his blood to wash us, to redeem us, to save us. He is our redeemer, our savior. And he prays over us every day. He is an intercessory prayer to Father God, Jesus Christ worships in the temple in heaven and he prays over us daily. Brothers and sisters, I love you. You have a good and blessed day.